Hola mi gente, bienvenidos. I'm your host Lore and this is Creepy Chisme. Some stories and info are not suitable for all, especially young children. Listen at your own risk. Hola mi gente, it's your girl Lore coming at you with a little bit of a cold, but I'm hanging in there. Uh, But you won't have to hear me for too long because I have a pre-recorded interview that I did with my fellow co-worker, friend, and she's also a podcaster. So stay tuned for that. It's been a while since I've done a Q&A, so let's get into it. I figured it's also a good time since I've gained a few more followers and a lot of people from TikTok have joined in the Mi Gente crew, so I might have answered some of these before. So the first question says, how old are you? You never ask a woman her age. (laughs) But then they save themselves because they said, or what decade did you grow up in the most? Uh... So I would say I'm a 90s kid and early 2000s, so there you go. What's the darkest, scariest paranormal experience you've ever had? It would have to be when I was a kid, and I've told this story before on the podcast, way in the beginning. I was being really bad, which was pretty normal. (laughs) But I was being bad and being really mean to my mom, and I went to let the dogs in. When I called them, this wolf-like creature with red eyes rounded the corner of the house. And I ran in and I was like, I just saw a wolf. It hit me and I was like, wait, a wolf in my yard? And it was huge too. It wasn't like an average sized wolf. This looked like a werewolf, dude. So then uh, a little bit later, of course, my Hispanic mother was like, maybe it was the devil coming to get you because you were being so mean. Yeah, it probably was. I don't know. So that may have been the scariest experience I've ever had. I've had other experiences. Another one that truly scared me was the man in the hat that lives in my parents' basement. And my room was down there for a few years. It's now my podcast office where I'm sitting right now. Yeah, I've seen a man with a black silhouette of a man with a hat. He doesn't scare me. I've seen him maybe three, four times. But the one time he did scare me, I woke up and he was standing right over me. And he took his two arms and pushed down into my chest and I felt it and it knocked the wind out of me and I screamed and when I opened my eyes he was gone and since that day I've never seen him again you know a lot of people say that a black silhouette is not a good spirit or dark energy and honestly if he went into me that was like the start of all the negativeness in my life so maybe he did go into me I don't know Uh, Somebody says, are you single? And are you willing to mingle? I know when I talked last, the divorce was pretty fresh. I definitely was like, hell to the no. Don't have time for it. Don't even want to put myself in that mental state of thinking about a relationship with someone. However, recently, um, the universe has changed some things. (laughs) And I'm trying to be good and listen to it even though my fear and everything that was ruined because of my marriage inside of me mentally um, is trying to push back. You know what? I'm a big girl. I'm getting older. And yeah, it gets lonely sometimes, but we'll see. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. But at the moment, yes, I am single, by the way. Uh, Favorite true crime series documentary? Ooh, this is a good one and I don't even have to think about it. So my first I would recommend or that I love is the Anand Saeed story, which is my update today, by the way. You can find that on HBO Max. Uh, My second is The Staircase on Netflix, because that crime in general always piqued my interest, and I was just floored and still am confused by it. (laughs) So that was another good one. And then my third is Making a Murderer. That was like the first true crime doc series that came out on streaming services. I believe it was Netflix, and I remember everybody was into it. Also, another good case that I'm still confused about. 
recently I got into the Dahmer series on Netflix. Has anybody watched yet? Highly, highly recommend that. I have seen a lot. I have witnessed a lot. I have researched a lot of cases and serial killers and murderers and the craziest cases you can think of, the bloodiest cases you can think of, and this show mentally disturbed me. So trigger if you're gonna watch, but highly recommend. Lota, have you ever seen a spirit? Yes. Quickly, the man with the hat. I've seen him in the basement a few times when I turn the light on, it's like boom, shadow, then I blink and he's gone. So it's like that fast. Another spirit I saw was one time I was at a friend's house washing the dishes and I turned quickly because I remembered I wanted to tell her something and there was a white silhouette of a woman I mean, she was fancy as hell. She had a whole dress, a hat, and it was like two seconds that I saw her, maybe even one second, and I saw all of that, but it scared the crap out of me because she was like right behind me. So yeah, I have seen a spirit. Favorite horror movie villain. You know, right now I've been really into painting again and painting a lot of horror movie paintings, and it's been really fun. I am not the best artist. I do it for fun. I do it to control my anxiety, and it really helps me. So work's been chaotic, so <laughs> I have been painting a lot. And I did paint my favorite horror movie villain. That's Michael Myers. And I cannot wait for the end of the chapter to conclude this October. I will be crying tears of sadness no matter what the outcome in that movie, no matter if Jamie Lee Curtis's character dies or Michael Meyer finally is dead, I'm still gonna cry. <laughs> Man, y'all are really into my uh, personal and dating life. So here's another question. Would you ever date a woman? And yes, this question came from a woman, so hey. Or do you have a boyfriend? So no, I don't have a boyfriend or a partner. Would I ever date a woman? I thought about it right after divorce, mostly because I lost all trust in men. I feel like if I have a connection deep enough with a person, no matter who they are, I'd date them. <laughs> so maybe yes is my answer. But that also means if aliens come down and we connect, <laughs> I'm dating an alien. Next question. Worst serial killer? Easy. Richard Ramirez. He was insane, literally, and had no like most serial killers have a type that they look for he didn't give a shit who he was killing he just wanted to kill he was pure evil so top for me richard ramirez but there is also a man named pedro lopez who is from colombia and he killed over 110 young girls from 1969 to 1980 and I never forget that story. I don't know if I've mentioned it yet on the podcast but maybe one day I'll get there. So crazy and he was released in 1998 and just completely vanished off the face of the earth. Like nobody knows where he is. There's rumors that people killed him which I hope they did. There's rumors that he changed his identity and lives in America but this man was so sick and he killed so many young girls that if he's alive, he did it again. He's done it again. So that's scary. Now this next question, somebody asks, what is your craziest life experience? And I'm not really sure what kind of experience you're talking about. Okay, I'll do positive and negative. So positive would be, honestly, starting this podcast. I have met so many cool people from around the world, Australia, yeah, getting to meet people that have the same interests as me when a lot of my life I've been told, you're such a weirdo, like you're so weird. And you know, there's people out there that are just as weird as me. So that's a positive experience in my life. The most negative experience in my life, I've been very fortunate to not lose a lot in my life. So I guess it would be getting married. Don't do it. If you feel it in your gut, don't do it. <laughs> Period. And the last question, a person in your life that you know you'll always have a good time with. Easy, my niece. My niece V, whenever we get together and focus on each other, like we have so much fun. But also my best friend Regina. You know that person that you get with and you're laughing so much that your stomach hurts and your face hurts? That's every time we hang out, so... Shout out to my two girls. All right, mi gente, it's time for an updater story I've recently heard. So yeah, Hernan Sayed is free. 
Oh, yes, baby. Monday, September 21st, the circuit judge Melissa Finn made the decision to vacate his conviction after two decades, over two decades. So recently, after review of the case to the judge, prosecutors proved that there was clear evidence of two suspects besides Syed. But during the original trial, this information was kept from the defense attorneys. So now what's going to happen is... They have 30 days to build a solid case and either pursue a new trial against Adnan or drop the charges altogether. From day one, Adnan Sayed has claimed his innocence in the murder of Heyman Lee, a beautiful soul lost in all of this. And if this man is a free man, he's lost his whole life. He's lost it. So I will definitely be keeping my eye on this case. It's a very sad story. And I highly recommend that you check out the first season of Serial and I'll let you form your own opinion on the matter. But also, like I mentioned in my Q&A, the the documentary series on HBO, oh, and the book written by his cousin Rabia, Rabia Chaudhry, I think is her name, Uh, it's called Adnan's Story, was really good. Because not only does she say her cousin is innocent, and she's also, did I say she's a lawyer? Did I say that? Yeah, she's a lawyer. She went to law school because of her cousin to learn, you know, the ropes. And I really like the book because not only does she claim her cousin's innocence, but she gives facts about why he is innocent. So go check out her book. That was really a really good read. All right, mi gente, short update today because I want to get into our interview. It's time to get creepy. On today's episode, I interview my coworker and good friend, Maria Castro. She's an educator and also the host of Maestria Tu Vida con Meditación, which is a bilingual podcast in which she provides wellness information and encourages healthy habits with meditation. Now, her podcast is very interesting. Make sure to check it out. I'll link her page on Instagram and my other social media. She also interviewed me on her podcast, so make sure to go check that out. All right, let's get right into the interview. Hope you guys enjoy. I am here today with my friend and co-worker, Maria, to talk a little about spirituality and what that means. Also, we're just going to have some fun and go with the flow and see where this conversation takes us. Now, I do have some questions that I want to ask you, and yes, we're going to get a little creepy because this is Creepy Chisme, which is the total opposite of your podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but I promise nothing too wild for you. So before I get into my questions, though, I do want to give you some time to introduce yourself, tell about how we met, maybe, and um, why you started the podcast, Uh, Maestria Tu Vida Con Meditación, which, by the way is a bilingual podcast amazing i don't know how you do it (laughs) because you sometimes post in english and then in spanish there's not that many podcasts like or at all any podcasts like that so that's pretty freaking cool well hello my name's maria i met Lore in our job where we Mm -hmm. work i was teaching third grade and she became my paraeducator that year and we were together like what five years five years yeah Yeah, i was thinking about that the other day five years unfortunately i don't have her as my person that uh, you could really rely on and so I do miss you a lot at work (laughs) well I became a teacher in 2012 and that was all by happenstance because (laughs) the place where we work I was a parent and then a paraeducator and then I worked as a parent educator for like 15 18 years before I went into teaching I ended up teaching because I thought I needed that degree so I can stay as a parent educator. And unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out that way. But, you know, maybe this is how it was supposed to be. So I became a teacher and I was not very confident in my skills of being a teacher. (laughs) So, you know, Lori got to see me grow as a teacher. And she's a damn good teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. The podcast, uh, Maestria Tu Vida Con Meditación, the meditation been 22 years now that I went through a stress management certification at Governor State University when I was doing my bachelor's in psychology. Okay. And the professors that I had there, they were mindful 
mindfulness uh, practitioners. So they encouraged us to be meditators, you know, and to begin to practice. And it takes a very long time for you to be, especially if you don't have it in your household, you know, it's right. not something that you saw your grandparents do or your parents <laughs> do. And so when it's something out of your, you know, tradition, it, it takes, a, I think, a little bit of us really seeing the benefits of it. Yeah. The reason I did the podcast, of course, was because Lore, you know, we started around the same time, but she was the motivating, you know. I had thought about it like years before. I had my mic and everything, but it never came true until you started yours. And that was a big motivator. So thank you for motivating me to do that. I think that when you learn how to be mindful, it helps you in all aspects, you know, yes. how you relate to other people, how you see yourself. Because I think there was so many years in growing up where nobody would really do anything for me to already be angry. It's like it was all inside. <laughs> all of that anger was inside of me. And, yes. and, and you're fighting with yourself, you know, and you're wondering, like, why am I so sensitive? Why? Why does everything bother me? You know? Mm -hmm. Is there like just another expectation of life and you don't, you, you're never living up to it? So yeah, it, it really helped me a lot. I, I suffer from anxiety, so I used it definitely to manage my anxiety. I think I, I've also suffered bouts of depression, which were never diagnosed, but definitely after I had my two children, I definitely had postpartum depression for a while. So once I started meditating, I think that it helped me to realize a lot of things. And my mom, she also did a lot of work on herself too. Like there okay. were things that she would listen to. Mm -hmm. Like she never really went to a therapist. I think she went to like a group therapy at one point, but never like on a continuous basis. But when I saw her changing, that motivated me a lot. I'm like, wow, you know, it is possible to, to change. You motivated me actually a little because a, a lot. <laughs> what, what you were talking about, how you know, asking yourself, why am I always so angry? Like, why does everything bother me? For a large part of my life, that was me. Mm -hmm. But um, just listening to you, telling me to meditate all the time, it really did help. It really did help. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. All right. So I do have some questions for you. These are fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question is because we do both come from Hispanic backgrounds and I would say I know I have a large family I think you have a pretty large family as well yes and most Hispanic and Latino gente that I speak to we all kind of agree and I don't know if this is just a Hispanic Latino thing but we're a superstitious group of people definitely <laughs> so you agree with that okay yes. What are some superstitions that you guys believe in your family? Now, let me say something. We just went out to eat. Mm -hmm. And when I was coming home, I drove down the street over there by the restaurant. And somebody's address was 666. Mm. And I was like, I know, Diosito, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not a religious person, but I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe they did that. Because, you know, that number is... Mm -hmm. evil mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're told right that's my superstition <laughs> but that made me think of that but i knew i had that question for you so yeah. what are some superstitions your family believe in and it might not just be your family it might be the mexican culture or just okay. in general if you would get the hiccups like if you had the hiccups for a long time like there's a prayer that my mom would give us so she would get a, a glass of water. And I did this to one of our coworkers at school. I don't know if she's ever mentioned it because you work with that team okay. now. She had hiccups all day. And I told her, okay, I, I, you know, I have a remedy for that. So I grabbed some water. And then I, you know, had her drink one sip of, of water. And I said, Niñito Jesus. And then she drank another sip. Hipo me dio. And then she drank the third one. Con tres tragos de agua, se me quitó. And they were gone. And she was shocked. Oh my God, I had hiccups all day. You just do this and it's gone. What did you do? And, you know, I don't know. If, is that a remedy or is it a superstition? Is I it, mean, yeah, mm -hmm. it worked. It right? worked. It works all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a simple prayer. And I think that 
a lot of times like maybe my superstition and you know it, I, I see it more like blessings or rituals that because like I have this uh, necklace that or these bracelets that I wear it's like maybe it's like okay they, they comfort me you know it's mm -hmm. like they give me mm -hmm. comfort or I'll have a prayer that I do in the morning before I leave Angel de mi guarda, dulce okay. compañía, no me desampares, ni de noche ni de día. So it's just like to the guardian angel, yeah. you know, keep with me and protect me. And, you know, maybe some people see that as a superstition, but to me, it's like that gives me reassurance mm -hmm. that, you know. So you some... mentioned your bracelets. Yes. Uh, do you have, I see these, I know right away. Yes. So you're a believer of the evil eye. Well, this was actually given to me, and I know it, for those people that don't know what the evil eye is, mm -hmm. there's a bracelet, and, and usually in Mexico, that's where you can find a lot of these, is that it's red, and it has this eye. And I know for a fact that people put these on their children mm -hmm. because there's this belief that... If somebody looks at you, you know, especially if they're beautiful babies and they don't touch them, they, they feel like it's envy. It's like an envy, like, oh, such a beautiful baby, you know, and then you don't touch them and then they get sickly, you know, and then they might get feverish and, and maybe that is a big superstition. But I do believe that there, there are people who have bad intentions, you know, I it's agree. like they, they don't like to see people who are happy mm -hmm. or who, you know, you just want to bring them down. Yeah. This one was actually given to me by my cousin when I went to Mexico because it was the first time I went back after my mom passed away and I was really, really sensitive. Like I could not imagine, like I had no idea how raw I was going to be being mm -hmm. in her house and her not being there you know, visiting my aunt, you know, just feeling that motherly love again. Right. And so she saw me so sensitive and she gave me this before I came back. And then I asked her later, I'm like, why did you give me this? And she's like, because I wanted to give you good vibes. Okay. So that, that was really nice. Good you know? vibes. Yeah. yeah. I believe in the evil eye because I've seen it. It happened to me when I was a baby. I didn't see that, but my parents told me about it. Mm -hmm. But I saw it in Mexico. Actually, a priest gave my tia the evil eye. Really? And the only reason I say I know it was him was because we were at a service. It was a baptism. Okay. And this priest, mind you, he's giving the service. Mm. His eyes were on my tia. Like, we all noticed it. I don't know why, my tia, you know, she's a beautiful lady, oh. but as soon as we got home, and the, the church was just a couple blocks down, as soon as we got home, she was so sick. But I also got to witness, as a child, my tío cure her with a plant that he picked out of the garden. That was going to be an egg. I've seen that too, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the egg cleanse, but okay. no, he grabbed a yerba, and I don't know what it is, hmm. and he just was praying and hitting her with that yerba, that thing turned black. That's and she was fine. And they said, oh, yeah, the priest gave her the evil eye. And I was just like, as a kid, I'm like, right. you he's hear that. evil mm -hmm. and he's a priest. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't mean he's evil right. because my grandpa actually had this. And he said, he goes, I don't know why, but my eyes are just drawn to children. He always made sure to, to touch. touch the, yes. Yeah, even a little toe yes. or something, yes. you know, finger. Or yes. Not to make it seem so weird that you're touching <laughs> someone else's kid. But so, have yeah. you heard of the one where they, cuando se les cae la mollera? So you know how you have the soft spot when you're born? Mm -hmm. I, my mom used to do that because they would bring babies to her because they would not suck anymore their bottle. Wow. So that was one of the symptoms. Mm -hmm. Like if they don't suck, and a lot of times they would be like if the baby got scared or fell or yes. you know then they would say that the soft mm -hmm. spot had sunk and well, my mom had a whole ritual of she would pull it up from you know the top palate of the mouth and turn the baby upside down and yes, you know I've seen, I, that. I've seen yes. that too and it's yes. amazing no. and then the baby can eat normally yes it is amazing tell a doctor they'll be like what you're crazy exactly <laughs> No, it's funny you bring that up because that's one of the things I want to talk about is, and my dad will fight me to this day, but things like that. People would bring the baby, you know, they and knew. she would do her little ritual. Yeah. My dad, and I know he learned from my grandma, but if you're sick, they have an herb, a tea for everything. Because if I'm like, I have a hangnail, he's got a tea that he brews up. <laughs> and I, 
always tell him, you're a bruja. Like, mm-hmm. grandma's a bruja, you're a bruja. No! No soy, no soy. And I'm like, but it is. It's a gift. <laughs> yeah, he should see it as a positive thing. That's what I said. You're a white witch. That's mm-hmm. what I tell him. You're a white witch. You're a naturalist. You use mm-hmm. the herbs. You And it's so funny because in the Latino culture, brujeria mm-hmm. is yeah. a no-no. Yes. But then again... I bet you if you're Latino, your grandma knows. A ritual to cure something. That's true. So and I, that's fading. That's what's so sad to yes. me is that that's, we're losing that because, one, because we think that, that it's it's not mm-hmm. you know acceptable. Mm-hmm. And the other one is because it's like people don't believe in it as much anymore. We're so drawn away from nature. Yeah. There's not herbs and, you know, that we need to survive. I actually, for the first time, I want to say it was about six years ago, witnessed an egg cleanse by my grandma in Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my little cousins came, they came driving down from Texas, so it was like a a day trip. And she was so sick, so sick. And my grandma's like, oh, like, get out the way. (laughs) I got this. Uh And, you know, I was, I didn't watch her do the cleanse because it was just her and the little girl and her parents. Mm -hmm. But I remember she took the egg and she did it. She put it in the cup and then she put two palitos in the cross. And she was telling me, like, if this happens, you know. Mm-hmm. And I watched it happen. And I'm like, wow. And the little girl woke up in the morning perfectly fine, happy, laughing, running around. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, something, something mm-hmm. is happening. I don't know what, but. <laughs> and that's why I uh, got certified as a Reiki master because I really believe that that's energy work. Mm-hmm. It's like we are not aware of how much energy is around us or how we absorb other. I think that's why we're maybe we're so sensitive is because yeah. we take on other people's energy that doesn't really belong to us. So we have to learn how to protect ourselves so that we can cleanse our stuff because we're carrying our own things. We don't have, you know enough energy or, or we're not strong enough when we're you know little to carry other people's energy yes you said something right now that reminded me of prayer to me and i always tell my mom this because i do believe in prayer i'm not huge with religion but i do believe in prayer because in my family when someone dies they get together and they pray the rosary that is energy you are all chanting the same thing mm-hmm. and putting your energy and thought into one person it works. And I've seen prayer work in my family. So, yeah, yeah it's all yeah. energy. It's for all illness, energy. Mm-hmm. you know, for grieving. Yes. It, yeah, it helps. Did you grow up in Mexico? I was born in Mexico. So you were born yeah. in Mexico. I immigrated here, I think I was four or five. Oh, so you were little still. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your family, are they from a small town or a big In Mexico? City? Yeah. Uh, I would say it was a small town. A small town. Mm-hmm. Because my question to you is, in your small town... Are there any folk tales or monster stories? Because I feel like every ranchito, every pueblito has their own folk tales. Mm-hmm. Is there one you can remember? Well, if anybody knows Tonala, Jalisco, they'll, they'll say that that's like the town of the witches. Okay. It's actually, and I Jalisco, don't know, maybe... Jalisco, I've heard. Yes. yes. So Tonala is, it's very well known for having a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I think that maybe there were a lot of healers or both kind, I'm sure. Yeah. White or black, which is, I'm sure that there were all kinds. That that reminds me, when my dad was about to marry my mom, he was dating my mom, there was this lady who really liked him. And of course, he was already dating my mom. Mm-hmm. And when she found out that they were going to get married... That girl's mom asked my dad, you know, because she had already invited him to have some lunch or something. Okay. And my dad's like, no, you know, I'm not hungry. No, no, eat this. It was, I think, a caldo de pescado, a fish um, stew. And as soon as he ate that, he's like, he got sick. She had to have done something. Like, that was the only explanation. Yeah. He was able to find somebody to cure him for it. And they told him specifically, it was this. It was this that they gave you to eat that was intentionally wow they, like they they just wanted to get rid of you like i'm not gonna have you nobody's gonna have you <laughs> that's so, crazy yeah so my dad has experienced that and i think that knowing that and and actually when i went to school that lady had a daughter around my age okay and it was kind of weird because when my mom like she realized like oh my goodness you have you know my daughter's with mm-hmm. this other person's you know daughter and 
it's such it, it's a small town but not so small now you know mm -hmm. but when i was 12 when i was going to school there because my parents thought they were going to go back okay so we went back for like nine months to stay there to see if my parents were going to want to live in mexico again so i went to school there okay. as in fifth grade when you hear those things you're like oh my goodness you know it's like how can somebody do something like that but there's all kinds of people yes um i want to know your view on spirituality and what does that look like in your life because everyone's different mm -hmm. well I was raised Catholic, so for me, all the way up to having my kids, I was religious. I would say I was very religious. I wanted to be like my mom in having strong faith, in following the rules, in doing what's right all the time. So that was really instilled in me, and I think she's always been like my role model, like I wanted to be like my mom. And when I went to college and I studied um, more of the Buddhism, there was a switch there because then it was more like more psychological looking at the mind because in Buddhism, it's not a religion in Buddhism. And you do have a lot of chanting and a lot of, you know, practices like in the Catholic Church where you have a person who you have to have some kind of like we have the you know the catholic church has the pope the buddhists have the um, dalai lama and that's what it made me realize you can't wait until you die to be free of all of the things that you did you know right. like, like i think of jesus when he was on the cross and and he said forgive them for they not know what they do you know in reality that's true because you live your whole life unconsciously but then when you learn to meditate and to quiet your mind, all of those stories, all of mm -hmm. those beliefs, all of those things that you make you think you're like, wait a minute, you know, it's like, is that really true? You know, <laughs> then it falls more on your shoulders, your responsibility, what you say, yeah, what you think, how you behave with others. That's where I see spirituality is that if I'm okay, if I'm at peace, then that's where I'm going to go. You know, like you said earlier, um, you know, when we no longer have this body and if you believe in reincarnation and you're going to go into another body, I think that people continue to seek other experiences because they haven't reached clear enlightenment like they haven't reached like their true nature of who they are a lot of the catholic faith is like punishment mm -hmm. and going to hell and all of that and i think we create that you know it's like yeah we go into that when my nephew went to mexico not that long ago he went into the house where my father-in-law passed because mm -hmm. he died in that home and when he came out he's like i I'm not going back to the house. Like, he felt his energy still in that house. Wow. He's like, my grandfather's still here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like he hasn't gone anywhere. He's right here. And I, I truly believe that it's like you'll go or you'll stay where you think that's where you want to be. That kind of goes with a little of my beliefs mm -hmm. with the afterlife, which is my next question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happens when we leave this world? What do you hope happens? <laughs> I think that when we're no longer in this body, all of the cages, all of the, you know, misunderstandings, all the ignorance just drops. I think that we're able to see all of reality and I've heard it in a lot of like near-death experiences where you get this review of your life mm -hmm. but you don't just see it through your eyes you see it through all the other people's eyes and you realize I hurt that person or yeah or I helped this person and but I think it's more than just a review of your life I think it's how you're you're really more like internally judging yourself how loving was I myself and others like how I, I think that's the ultimate question I think that will be judged but not by God but by ourselves that's it's, scary yeah <laughs> yeah because sometimes we're harder on yeah. ourselves yeah and and what I hope is that like I've always said see you in heaven and you know people say well I don't know it's getting pretty full and there I, I hope that you know we all end up in a you know nice place I've heard enough stories of people saying the feeling they get is the best mm -hmm. most peaceful feeling that's good enough for me mm -hmm. I'm I'm fine with going like exactly. as long as I know you feel that way mm -hmm. 
that's good enough for me. Right. I think more of the fear is how we're going to go. You just hope that you go, you know, in your sleep or yeah, in, in, in somewhere where you're not suffering too much. <laughs> now, do you think our past loved one can send us messages or symbols from the afterlife? I think so. I think that we're, if we're open to and we ask, mm-hmm. I think they're always waiting for us to ask. I think that there is some some kind of agreement that they should not, you know, intervene unless we're asking so it's it's granting permission just you speaking to them and you just asking i use a a pendulum i use a pendulum for my yeses and nos so that's what i use oh my niece wants to learn so maybe i'll bring her to you (laughs) (laughs) well i'm just learning too it's it's really it's really basic but i think that the most important thing is that you know you protect yourself yes that's what i told her and i said and i don't know so you gotta wait (laughs) yeah wait until i figure it out or research it so yeah he's very drawn to that Mm -hmm. because i think that you have to be very specific in what you're asking yes because it could only tell you yes or no when i was in mexico i used it and i asked you know if my dad was in danger and it said yes but what kind of danger right it's like And it was his health, you know, it was his health. Like I did not know he had a goldstone. I didn't know any of this. And then I also asked because, you know, I'm a very anxious person. And I just said, will I I safely get home? And it said, yes. And I said, okay, that's enough for me. (laughs) My dad may be in danger. We have to find out why he's in danger and I'll be home safely. So that's... So the little that you've used it, have you found it to be successful? Yeah, because if you're open to like listening Mm -hmm. to what it's saying, but not just relying on that, like you don't want to get obsessed with, oh, it said yes, like that's the way it has to be. Like I remember when it had something to do with our last assignment last year. Mm -hmm. Like I had asked if I was going to teach pre-K and it said yes. And I was just like, oh my goodness. You know, it's like I wanted another grade, you know, and and I had wanted pre-K for a long time. And then when it said yes, I was like, oh my goodness. And then I was all bummed out. And then I was like, what's happening? You know, can I fight this? You know, it's like I, I started getting into this like really... That's what I'm talking about. You have to be careful. Like, and what actually happened is that I did teach pre-K, but it was for the summer. That's right. Yeah, for summer school. <laughs> so it did. It tell. It told me, yes, you're going to be teaching pre-K, but it didn't mean I was going to be teaching it for the school year, which was uh, funny. <laughs> that is funny. I was thinking that. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, you did teach it for, yep. for summer school. Mm-hmm. All right. This one's a little fun, but you actually mentioned, by the way, Go listen to my Yes podcast. I will link it down below so you can hear my interview she did. And she told me a story that I need you to tell mi gente. The question I have for you is, has anything ever happened in your life that you can't really explain? And I'm talking, this is your time to shine. Any ghost stories that you mentioned you saw something one time on motorcycle guy. Do you want to share that with mi gente here? Sure, sure. I was in bed and... There was a time, and I think that between, like, right before dawn, like, two, three, four in the okay. mornings is usually when veils are thinner. Yeah. And so you're half asleep and half awake, and you real like, is this real? Is this really happening? But there was actually, like, a figure of a, a bicycle. Like, I wasn't afraid of him. Okay. He was, like, just next to my bed. In the past, what I would do is if I felt anything, I would swear at it. You know, like, I somebody told they me. They say that you're supposed yeah, to do that. Yeah. Just fuck off or, you know, like, <laughs> yes. you know, get the hell out of here or I don't want you here. And But this but this time, it's like I, I was more curious so that's Mm -hmm. the thing is that they're always around you know Mm -hmm. people are always around ghosts are always around we don't want to acknowledge that i allowed myself enough awareness to be able to know that this was a man you Mm -hmm. know that and he was looking for his kids and that really touched me because i was like oh my goodness my um instinct was like you know i would like to help you but i don't know where your kids (laughs) are you know and that was my only reaction to that was like i don't know did he say that or you felt you just felt okay yeah you just feel it let me tell you another one when i was in mexico my mom was still alive and when I would stay there I would sleep in her room and I remember one night I was laying in bed and I'm really quick to go to sleep Mm -hmm. so I don't know what time this happened in her room there's no windows and it was really strange because the door I'm pretty sure was like you know kind of closed Mm -hmm. it was dark so and my siblings they don't believe me but it's like (laughs) 
I felt something black and dark and that kind of you know you get the chills yeah. and it came into the room and in that time I, I was swearing so I, in that moment I just said get the hell out of here and it, it did but yeah. I had no idea but it, it was so so real but it was more like a, just to see like who's who's here and and just move away or you know or just yeah. to let me know you know I'm here I'm here yeah. you know which was kind of weird and that's true they say you can really feel the presence of a person if it's good or bad mm -hmm. and I just when I meet someone that's like I don't understand that mm -hmm. like I don't understand that feeling I never get that feeling I'm just like mm -hmm. what <laughs> yeah and I hate right now that I said that it's black because I know that there's this big thing about you know darkness mm -hmm. but it just for some reason and I, I was mentioning to you and went to eat that this series of Sandman mm -hmm. I really really highly recommend that because it it has a king of dreams it has desire it has death it has all he has siblings and okay. all of these siblings have that as their job and their job is to do that you know mm -hmm. so it just made me think of that because in one of them, one of his siblings is death. And she says that when people are born, people are happy. Every birth are received with, you know, most of people are, you know, they're looking forward to giving birth to, yeah. to a child. But when someone dies, it only brings grief. It's just like this heaviness, this yeah. heavy energy. I just hope that we can understand it instead of just fearing it. Like really understand why is it so heavy? Like, yeah. What, what, is, what makes it feel that yeah. way? And in the series, they, they're, Lucifer is actually, you know, in, in the series okay. and how... You know, he was the fallen angel, mm -hmm. you know. So that's, it's really interesting. That's on Netflix, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's the <laughs> one I want to watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do have a save. Would you consider yourself an intuitive person? I think so because there's things that I'll say or I'll do because I feel that intuition. Like I remember when I was a parent educator and I would do workshops. Mm -hmm. And some of the moms would tell me, like, how did you know that that's what I needed to hear? Those were the words that I needed to hear. Like, I heard it a lot. There were times we would have a topic, and even with my podcast, I feel like in, during my podcast, mm -hmm. I feel the, those intuitive moments that when I'm speaking it, it's like, this is what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and by the way, Maria's voice is so calming. <laughs> As you can tell, it's so calming. So even if I'm not really listening to what you're saying, just your rhythm mm. is calming enough for me. Mm. So that's my meditation. <laughs> <laughs> if I can't meditate, mm. your voice is calming enough. Um, but you do practice meditation. Mm -hmm. My question to you is how deep have you let yourself get into your meditation? Because there are people who claim that they can astral project or slip into other worlds or time frames or different levels of consciousness that nobody can understand and I hear it's pretty amazing the type of meditation that I do it's been more for like regulating my nervous system okay it's more to calm my anxiety it's more as a opening to you know what I need to learn opening my heart, okay. that was very, very closed. I think that because I'm so sensitive, like I would block, like I would just, and you feel it, like you just feel your heart so closed. And, and it could be for the traumas, you know, mm -hmm. the moving here, the experiencing, you know, physical abuse, you know, mm -hmm. sexual abuse. Um, it, it's just a lot that you just close off, obviously, to protect yourself. Yeah. And I know that there are a lot of people who do, like, they call it remote viewing, mm -hmm. where they're meditating and they could actually see, you know, where yes. other people are. Yes. I don't get that deep. I also um, got a mantra through the Transcendental Meditation Program where you receive a mantra and you use it. And I do feel that when I use the mantra, it, it does deepen you know, my concentration or my, because you're not really concentrating on anything. It's like the purpose is for you to be aware of your thoughts or your mm -hmm. emotions and just being okay with it. 
just allowing it to like show its face and then mm -hmm. drop away because I think that a lot of our tension and our stress comes from us holding on to things yes. that don't serve us anymore yeah so when you meditate and you learn how to you know not judge those things and not judge yourself i think it's daniel siegel who has said it that just like we are so accustomed to brushing our teeth it's a mental health you know it's a cleansing mm -hmm. of the mind that i'm hoping in the future everybody does to improve you know yeah. ourselves and society we do we all need it mm -hmm. we all need it you talking about uh you having a closed heart so i think that's what i'm dealing with right now i haven't let anybody new into my life in a long time and i think i need to work on that mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm and, and when i'm talking as a partner i'm talking like just friend in general mm -hmm. you know but also it has to do with my past traumas with friendships and relationships so right that's something i need to work on it's the me the you know the me the people hurting me yeah it's it protects us but it also creates loneliness you know it creates yes. isolation it does yes and so we have to in a way learn how to risk and accept that there's going to be you know miscommunications yes. and there's going to be errors and it's human nature but the connection that's what we miss but also being alone is something i had to allow myself to be okay with because most of my life from childhood up into my divorce i always had to be with someone mm -hmm. i always had to be with a friend or Otherwise, I didn't feel happy. And after the divorce, I had to learn to be alone just to heal in general from the divorce. I wanted to be alone, mm -hmm. but also I didn't want to be with me. Like, mm -hmm. does that make sense? Like, I wanted to be alone, but not with me. Now I'm at a point where I love being by myself. Mm -hmm. If I could be by myself all the time, I would. But that's not a way to live, I don't think. Right. It's you, like you befriended yourself. Yes. Now, I know our podcasts are complete opposites <laughs> a little there's some connections but there it's are a spectrum there are, yeah. yes. is there any questions you have in regards to the paranormal hauntings serial killers aliens whatever you want my sister's a big you know mm -hmm. um like she loves scary movies she loves seeing horror and I, to me it's really hard for me to see a movie where someone is getting butchered like and in the sandman you have that and i'm covering my <laughs> eyes because that's the part that i hate like i think that it's hard for me to see like even though i know that this is a show mm -hmm. and this is something that's temporary like i still see it as sacred you know and you need to respect your body so when I see people like harming people, people were found in suitcases. Yeah. And that, it, it kind of like, I, I don't know how to fathom like yeah. that understanding or lack of respect for someone. That's really big in the true crime community is they get a lot of hate because there are people that are like, you're being disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Like, you shouldn't be talking about the woman because you're being disrespectful to her family, to her life. But I don't speak for everyone, but for me, I know I only communicate stories where a lesson is learned. So my sharing is to maybe one day someone will be in that same situation and this is what happened. Be careful because it does happen. Exactly. And those gory details, although gory and sometimes too much for me, mm -hmm. the only reason I share those is because the reality is it happens. The worst thing imaginable, it happens. And that's the sad part. Well, I, I know a lot of people want to see the good in people and not think that Things like this are happening around us, but they do. Right. I mean, you're an educator. We're mandated reporters. Things happen. Yeah. We know. Mistreatment of children. Yes. And yeah, it's, it's true. I, yeah. I, I know it's out there. And But in movies, though, I will yeah. agree with you. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of the gory. Mm -hmm. I always ask all my guests, do you believe in aliens or life? out there i think that there are i i think that there's gotta be other intelligences out there that are probably more advanced than we are i think we're very primitive yes 
I think that we don't know how to use the majority of our mind. I think that a lot of our weaknesses has been in survival. We've always been survival mode, you know, since the cavemen. Now I think we have the opportunity to be, to open our minds more, to exercise more of that. Unfortunately, wars yes. and, you know, famine, the haves and the have-nots, all of that progressing, it just drags us back down. I you know, agree. it just sets us, you know, mm-hmm. five steps back. Mm-hmm. You, you try to step one forward and learn to be more a collective, you know, more uh, live as a one. And I also believe that just like we believe it with, you know, spiritual beings, I think that there's also interventions like with spirit animals that have that energy. And there's also aliens that we call aliens. Mm-hmm. Like when I watched The Matrix, yeah. like it it really like made me think. The one who like giving him the red pill and the yeah. blue pills, like they're awakened. Like I see that as like they're awakened. They realize that this is just like a game. Yeah. And then, you know, do you want to be responsible? Do you want to wake up? See what what this really is about. And, and those guys that are constantly, you know um, after you yeah but I think it's still a part of us too like I know we talk about people who who murder and who you know abuse and all that all of that is still inside us and I think that when we recognize like that could be me too you know had I had their life had I had their experiences that could have been me too yeah so having compassion I think Definitely. Well, thank you for joining me. And make sure you guys go check out Maestria Tu Vida Con Meditacion, especially my Spanish listeners. She posts in Spanish. Go listen. There's not that many podcasts out there that do that. And I definitely will have you on again because I think we can tie some things in together. Definitely. And I know you mentioned it in the intro about me doing the bilingual and someone else had told me the Mm -hmm. same thing. And it's true. It's like, even though I have it um, both languages, if you're bilingual, you listen to both, even though it's the same topic, Mm -hmm. it's slightly different. And I think that is because of the cultural. Like once I start speaking Spanish... (laughs) <laughs> like it's the same topic but it's not exactly the same as the yeah. English which is yeah. really fascinating to me because I think language you know has its own energy as well yes All yeah right. this was great thank you thanks for listening y'all and I hope you enjoyed our conversation I can't say it enough what a great teacher and person Maria is and I hope to have her on again I know our podcasts are a little bit different but I do have a lot of ideas for the future so If you liked this episode, make sure to show your support with a five-star rating. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe. That way you'll never miss an upload of Creepy Chisme. Follow me on Facebook groups, Instagram, TikTok, where actually by the time this episode goes live, I'm sure I'll have reached 10K followers, which is so fucking crazy. That many people find me interesting. Don't forget you can also email me your creepy stories at creepychisme for you. That's the number 4-Y-O-U at gmail.com. And quick shout out to my new listener, Sarah, who is starting from the first episode to catch up. So wild. Thank you for all the love, the feedback. And she shared some creepy pics on our Facebook group, so go check that out. I'm going to enjoy this sweater weather, drink some wine, Get rid of this cold, and I'll talk to you next time, mi gente. Gracias por escuchar, y nos vemos pronto. Creepy Chisme is created for entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, stay creepy and spread the chisme. Adios, mi gente.